0: Chapter 13 of Hero Tales from History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Hero Tales from History by Smith Burnham. Chapter 13 How Cromwell Changed Places with the King in shakespeare's day queen elizabeth came first in the thoughts of all the people of england she was almost worshipped by the men of wealth and genius whom she gathered at her court and by the people at large by her cleverness and wisdom she kept england peaceful and prosperous all through her reign but she never married so when she died her cousin james stewart king of scotland became king of england James had been brought up to think that because he was king, everybody must bow to him as the Lord's anointed. It was he and his counsellors who drove the pilgrim fathers out of England because they would not worship God as James wished them to, in the Church of England, of which he was the head. On his way down to London to be crowned, James stopped at the beautiful estate of sir oliver cromwell in the royal company was the king's eldest son charles called by the scottish people the bonnie prince the little scotch boy only six years old already thought that the world was created for him and that no other boy had any rights which he prince charles was bound to respect the story goes that sir oliver cromwell sent for his nephew whose name was oliver cromwell also to play with the prince when little noll as they nicknamed oliver came in his uncle presented him to the boy prince young oliver tried to shake hands with charles old oliver who wanted the boy to bow and kiss the prince's hand said pay your duty to prince charles i owe him no duty said noll cromwell why should i kiss that boy's hand king james only laughed at the cromwell lad's spirit and charles and noll were left to play together the prince soon struck the other boy as he was in the habit of doing but naughty noll struck back and sent the bonny prince howling to the king with royal blood streaming from his little freckled nose sir oliver and the members of the royal party looked with holy horror at the boy who had laid hands on the lord's anointed some of them thought young oliver ought to be imprisoned in the tower of london or even beheaded for his wickedness but king james had sense enough to see that it was well for the prince to get tit-for-tat once in a while so he only looked hard at little oliver and said thou art a bold lad and if thou live to be a man my son charlie would do wisely to be friends with thee then he turned to sir oliver and the frightened friends standing there saying harm not the lad he has taught my son a good lesson if heaven do but give him grace to profit by it if he be tempted to play the tyrant over the stubborn english let him remember little oliver cromwell young oliver went to free school and then to a puritan college in cambridge university but he had to leave school on account of the death of his father before he was thirty cromwell was elected to parliament of which his cousin john hampton was also a member meanwhile king james died and his son the prince with whom oliver had quarrelled when a boy became king charles the first king james had been so sensible at times and so foolish at others that he has been called the wisest fool in europe but charles had even less sense than his royal father he tried to abolish parliament thus setting up his own will against the will of the people of all england and scotland parliament led by such men as cromwell and hampton stood up for the rights of the people against tyranny all lovers of liberty and human rights are greatly in debt to these two brave men who risk their lives to save their country from the selfish wilfulness of kings englishmen now were divided into two parties the king's party were the cavaliers or church of england men who wore wigs or long curls and dressed in velvets silks and laces like grown-up lord fauntleroy's the parliamentary party were called roundheads so named because they cut their hair short as men do today oliver cromwell Who never saw an army until he was forty was suddenly found to be a great general because of their stern unyielding courage cromwell's soldiers were called ironsides they often went into battle with a prayer on their lips or in a grand chorus sang a psalm of david while striking valiantly for the right At last it became necessary to sacrifice king charles in order to secure the victory for parliament which stood for the freedom of englishmen against the tyranny of kings so a court set up by parliament voted to put the king to death and oliver cromwell was one of the signers of the death warrant as james the king's father had driven the pilgrims out of the country so now the puritans in parliament forced the king's sons to leave the country for their country's good during the few years in which oliver cromwell was lord protector of england he did much to strengthen the nation and to repair the great harm brought upon it by the foolish whims of its extravagant kings it was then that england learned the terrible lesson which europe had to be taught almost three hundred years later That no king has a divine right to do wrong to the people. End of chapter thirteen. Recording by John Brandon.